Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about easy-to-find portals, easier kidnappings, and when the stars in the sky match the stars in the hat, match the stars in the sky, match the stars in the hat, something happens. We never find out exactly what it is, uh, but it's teased a lot, so that's fun. It kind of seems like his soul's being sucked out like a Dementor's kiss for a second. So that would have been cool. That would have been cool. But I, I, th- I think what ends up happening to Rumpel is even more delicious than that. So I, I'm, I'm satisfied. This, this is a Snickers bar of an episode. Listen, I don't, I don't know a lot about horoscope stuff or how the stars work. But when you start screwing with the stars in the sky, uh, they screw back. Uh, so like, I don't mess with any of that stuff. And he started trying to mess with alignments and stuff. And it came from Mercury retrograded all over his ass. It sure did. All the way out of town. All the way the hell out of town. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing a lot better than I was doing last week. Um, I am, though, finishing up a Blackberry White Claw. Um, I did see Mm. on Twitter that White Claw was trying to, like, be like, it's White Claw season. And I was like, I don't know what fair weather White Claw drinkers you're talking to. It's an all-year drink, my friend. All year. <laughs> I think they're trying to recreate the magic of 2020 because White Claw was the thing. And then it it, it was all right in 2021. I think just like they're trying to, to, to make it like the summer drink. I think they're just trying to make it like, do you remember like early? And now we're just talking about White Claws. But like, do you remember early where it was just like, it was the girly drink. It was like, there's no laws. Like, this is what you drink. Like, you're a crazy sorority girl. But now like everybody drinks it. Like there's just mm-hmm. there, there's not a discernible line on who can drink white claws. Like bros drink it, everybody drinks it. It's a whole thing. Uh, so I think they're just like, no, we have to be branded again. I'm like, nope, sorry, you belong to every man now. And that's stop putting lemon white claws in the good packs. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a telltale sign of our society that things are either for women or for everybody when men are involved. <laughs> because Yay! if a man likes something, it's it's it'll be served in bars everywhere. Hooray! If a woman likes it, nah, maybe yeah, maybe the bodega. All right, guys, well, we are talking about <laughs> season four, episode twelve, not eleven. It's twelve heroes and villains. This is the mid-season finale of Once Upon a Time Season 4, the uh, swan song goodbye for the Frozen storyline and the introduction of our ladies of evil. The evil, the, what, what were the, mist, what are they called again? What's their nickname? I literally said it like five minutes ago before we started taping. The army of darkness. I don't remember either. <laughs> the lady, yeah. the d- ladies the qu- of darkness. The queens of darkness. Queens of darkness. The queens of darkness. 
All hail. Uh, this episode was written by the showrunners. That's how you can tell they take it very seriously. And another way you can tell is there's four deleted scenes and others that they wrote that never made into it. So like this was this was something they were like working hard on because this is also a big turning point for the whole author storyline, which is really going to come into play in the second half of season four. Uh, and then it was directed by Ralph Hemmicker, who's directed many episodes of Once Upon a Time. It's It's, I mean... Once Upon a Time knows how to do a season finale, even a mid-season finale. They know how to tease the hell out of the story coming up, while also making us incredibly relieved that the story they were doing is gone. The the Frozen storyline seems so shoved under the rug. Like, everything just sort of ended. And even the, the best thing that could have been shown was only talked about. My hand hurts. You should have seen Hans's face. I'm sorry. Did Anna punch Hans so hard in the face that he abdicated the throne? Where's that scene? Is that one of the 5,000 deleted scenes? Because, hello? It's not, but there is one where Anna finds a Twinkie and talks about how it's magic. That was a deleted scene, apparently. This episode should have been three hours long. (laughs) (laughs) See, I wanted to see the wedding. Because we never got the wedding of of Anna and Kristoff in the show. At least we haven't yet. No. So like this was, you know, this was like the whole thing they were building up to the wedding. And then we don't even get the wedding. Yeah, Kristoff didn't even get like a cool sign off. He was just like, see you later. And he walked through the door and then we just don't talk about him ever again. And like, I don't know. I think he deserved just a tad bit more. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this all was just like, okay, the queen's dead. Uh, so now we're going to get rid of the ice wall and then blah, blah, blah. Also, the portal's here. It's fine. There's just a lot of talking. There's so much talking at the top part of this episode. There's so much talking just all around. This is episode of talking. There's like expositions everywhere. And some of them are very good. Like some of the talking scenes, like the, we'll, we'll talk about them. Uh, there's a really great scene between Emma and Regina. A surprisingly heartfelt, even though totally evil scene between Rumple and Regina. I love car. that scene so much so because I, I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, you know, this episode didn't really show us heroes and villains. Like usually, especially with the title episode like that, they usually are a lot more heavy handed. Like this is a hero and this is a villain. And yeah, they kind of got it towards the end where Rumpel's giving his big speech. But I honestly think the Heroes and Villains title could be summed up in that car, in that Mm -hmm. car conversation. Because it's a, Rumpel is telling Regina a truly villainous thing to say and to do. And Regina at no point blinks. She doesn't take the bait at all. She doesn't even consider it. Because Regina is on a different path and she is a hero now. Heroes would not just take happiness from somebody like i i it was so damn subtle i i wish i could be prouder but everything else was just like a big hammer for the rest of the episode i feel like they accidentally did subtle (laughs) i there's there's a note in there i want to get to but i want i want to save it uh when we talk about that scene uh but first let's go ahead and head into the past uh because this episode is uh in short the yassification of bell Yes. Long overdue. Welcome, Bell. Welcome, uh, welcome to to the feminism. We're glad to have you. Welcome to the girl power team. We love it. Welcome. Have a seat. This, kick this, the kick the boy out of town. This this is this is uh, when Bell shows up to the ladies who tavern and she'll be like, guys, I found out that Rumple's been lying to me this whole time. They're like, finally. 
And then a round of White Claws for everybody. Woo! Oh, <laughs> and then they yes. drink to death. <laughs> they, all, they, all, they all die. They all um, die. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about this whole scene in which... I don't know if this is a reflection of just Belle in this episode because they had to really amp up her girl power moment or if this is how she's been in all the flashbacks, but she was so childish in this flashback. She almost sounded like she sounded like she was nine years old, like a child indentured servant. Okay, so she sounded like that, too, when she woke up. And I, I was creeped out hardcore by it because it was, like, when she wakes up and he, like, gives her breakfast in bed. She's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, I'm going to take you to Disneyland. And she's like, I'm so excited. And then she packs her suitcase like a child. This whole episode, very weird and cringy about Belle's age. So, yes. So, when we when we open up in the past, Belle is um, exploring. And she's trying to look at stuff. Because she, uh, as we know from all of her many little flashback scenes, she just wants to be well-traveled and to know about the world. And so Rumple is gone on some sort of secret mission thing. And he's like, I'll be back in a couple days. So she's like, finally, he's going to be gone. I can go touch all the stuff. I can, t- I can touch swords. I can touch the sword. And so she goes and she starts doing, she starts screwing around with stuff. And he just like appears. He's like, ah, my ring doorbell told me something was up. So I came back. Uh, while the cat's away, the mouse will play. And it's like, first of all, she's the one that's supposed to be dusting. All she would have had to say was I was dusting. Like, I'm cleaning. Like, I'm cleaning this sword. It's dusty. Uh, and she's like, no, no, no. I just wanted to see it. And he's like, oh, n- no, that's fine. And she's like, okay, well, what did you go get? And he's like, oh, I got this this gauntlet. And the entire time, I again, Marvel adult. So I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, what happens when you snap it? What happens when you snap it? Well, it says it got some jump sounds in it. Doop, doop, doop. Uh, and he's like, oh, it's th- <sighs> this gauntlet is the stupidest thing. <laughs> what happens with the gauntlet where you ask it what they like the most? And then it points at it. <laughs> and she's like, okay, this definitely won't come into play in my story years down the line. Okay, definitely. And then she's like serving him dinner. And one of my favorite things about Belle is that she has zero chill about expounding on the random things she thinks about. And she's like, I figured out why you can't collect all these swords and all these wonderful magical items. Why? Because you're dead inside and have a hole in your heart that you can't fill. So you try to fill it with stuff and you'll just die alone. Belle, you can't say shit like that to your employer. <laughs> like- yeah, that's she, She's acting like a child. She is talking like a kid with no filter in kindergarten who's just like, your 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 face is funny, you smell weird, and uh, that sword is stupid, and I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, that is Belle in this whole freaking flashback. And all, at the same time, like, Rumple is just negging her constantly, and we're supposed to see it as endearing, but it's not. It's yeah. like, nothing about it is is cute maybe it was in the context of 2014 or whenever this came out but like now watching it i'm like if a if a per if a person was talking to me like that i wouldn't just be like hands on the hips oh you just cranky I would be like, uh, screw you. I'm going to throw hey. your laundry down a well. Hey, Beth, I know why you like this Once Upon a Time show all the time. It's because you have a hole in your heart and you're going to die alone. It's like, I, what? 
What? How, hold on. What happened? I don't understand what's going on. Like your server at Applebee's just like is randomly telling you <laughs> shit you don't want to hear. Um, but I mean, and this is not for nothing, but it was just my favorite thing that happened today. But when I was dropping off Baby Dragon at Baby Dragon Care today, uh, one of the other Baby Dragons looked at me and went, I'm wearing a tank top. And it was my favorite <laughs> thing that's happened ever. Oh, I want to so do cute. it all the time. I just want to show up to places. It's like the thanks it has pockets of like children. I'm in a tank top. <laughs> my arms are bare. I can look, feel air on my armpits. Look, sun's out, guns out. Am I right? Like, like <laughs> so, so, so she starts saying all this stuff. So Rumple like flashes her away to doing to laundry. Do laundry. Yeah. And so then she again. So you're right in which she is acting a lot like a child. Uh, and then this one is when she was acting like more like a petulant teenager because she's like pitting stuff up and she's like, "Me, you can you can poof me away when you don't want to talk to me." Uh, and I know that you think that I think or whatever she's like i know you're listening to me you pretend that you don't but you are like you're listening to me right now bell that's a horrifying thing to know and think just that anything you're saying in private is being monitored by some sort of all-knowing little gold imp guy and you're saying it randomly while you're just putting up bed sheets like I, i'm just mad that she went into doing it like she's he poofs her away she's in her cloak and her hands are up on the thing and then she keeps doing it I'd have thrown everything down and ran back into the castle. <laughs> just like, oh, no, we're not done. We're not done. <laughs> or just freaking leave. Just go. Yeah. Like, nothing's, what's keeping her there? The Ogre Wars are over for the time being. But just leave. Like, the original Bell from 1992 had more guns and cojones than, than this one does. Like, yeah. she has, she, and... The original beast was more respectful. A man who screamed in a woman's face is more respectful than Rumpelstiltskin. Okay. Hold on, hold on. He was not a man. He was 11. <laughs> he was an 11-year-old child who told a stranger who showed up at his door to no go away. His parents weren't home. And he and his entire castle, who had nothing to do with him turning an old woman out, uh, we're all cursed. So 1992 Beast, there's some questions there. Like, I understand children suck, but maybe we didn't need to curse him until he found true love when finding true love at the age of 11 is a weird thing to He was on. not 11. In the- he was doomed for 10 years until his 21st birthday. Beth, he was 11. <laughs> he didn't look 11. I, I know. I thought he was frozen in time. Like, he wasn't aging. Uh, I, 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 sure. So, <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about this one. We're talking about the grumpy, grumpy gold, uh, the immortal, guy. the immortal child. Yeah, we'll we'll have a discussion about what's or we'll about Beauty and the Beast uh, another time because there's more live action stuff coming out. Did you see the live action Pinocchio? I saw a picture briefly, and I just said nope. Yeah, no, it's no. it's not gonna be nope. No. So. He, or I'm sorry, I, I got to skip to the part where Belle's just like, meh, 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 and then she sees a puppy. If anything's going to distract me from doing anything, it will definitely be a puppy, uh, especially a Dalmatian, because there could be a fire nearby that you need to go address if there's just stray Dalmatian puppies running around. I have to wonder if Dalmatians are common in the Enchanted Forest, and because I'm guessing no. This no. doesn't look like a, a breed of dog. That would be running rampant in the Enchanted Forest. This is going to be like a hounds and no, no because and maybe there's, kids little poodle. No, because, yeah, there's definitely no, like, 
other than like in maybe the castles and stuff, there's no like selective breeding happening to get a Dalmatian in the forest. Could you imagine like Ruby's running as like a wolf and there's just like a pack of wild Dalmatians? <laughs> just like, ah! I have. I have so many questions about how Kumala ends up with in the Enchanted Forest. I know the questions get answered. I know they do. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I am befuddled. Listen, I will say up top before I start making this next observation, I have not seen the Emma Stone Cruella movie. Mm, me neither. Okay. So I don't. Listen, my best friend in the entire world, I love her to death. She went as Cruella de Vil one year for Halloween, and she made a a white coat with black spots on it. And she's like, I'm Cruella de Vil. And, like, her older sister was the one that finally went, so, like, this is Cruella de Vil who won? Like, she got her coat made of puppies? And it's just, like, her face fell. Oh, no. He's like, yes, yes, that's it. Then she just leaned into it. Um, because, yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't understand why Cruella often has just Dalmatians on hand. Oh, you don't remember? No, I don't remember. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. Then don't this tell is, me because I just. I'm not going to tell you because when you find out, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna squeal at me. I you're gonna squeal <sighs> at me in in utter befuddlement, and I'm going to I'm going to enjoy every moment of that. I I genuinely don't remember. The only thing I remember about Cruella is what the author does to her. I remember that specifically because I thought it was rad. And it stuck with me. Everything else about this back half, I bear. Well, I'm sorry. The snow and charming Maleficent thing is also in my brain. But most of it, I just, I, I did not retain. So I'm, again, more going in blind. Uh, so she sees a Dalmatian and then she just kind of disappears. And then Rumple like appears and he's just like, you didn't run away. Oh no. And then he starts screaming at a crow in the sky. Which she, it's specifically a raven because a raven, ravens sorry. are Maleficent's things, and there was a deleted scene where Rumple went to go interrogate Regina because he thought she kidnapped Belle, and she was like, first of all, I use crows, not ravens. Second, you got a crush, and then Rumple gets all mad." Oh, I <laughs> uh, just just a, a point from last week: uh, the ice cream scene that was deleted that we talked about that mm-hmm. I, I then later found. Um, I've decided I never want to watch another deleted scene. I just want you to explain them to me because it's so much better. <laughs> the scene when I watched it, I'm like, oh, this kind of sucked. But the way Beth explained it made it sound so much cooler. Oh, see, I, I, di- I actually didn't watch it partly for that. I was like, I'd rather let it yeah. live on There's a in reason my it was imagination. Deleted. There's a reason it was deleted. It's one of those, the hype versus what it actually is. Not the same. So he's yelling at a raven. And he's also like... And again, like, I know that they're trying to show that he's, like, has a crush on Belle. Like, he likes her because he's being a lot more unhinged than I think Rumple would be if anyone else had gone missing from his care. He would have just, like, shot the raven with magic or just not given a shit. So he goes and he finds Belle because he finds, like, a, like a, a communicator device. What is this? I don't understand what he finds. So this was a, the raven gave him a sand dollar, and the sand dollar had a magic hologram. Okay, we're just going to just, we're, gonna we're just going to we'll just fly right through it. We're pushing past that. So then Rumple goes to save Belle, and it's Maleficent. And first of all, I, as I've told you, I love Maleficent. I love this actress. It was just like a, yay, I'm glad Maleficent's back. And so, like, he's just like, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, I'm not alone. And then Ursula shows up. 
and and then she's like she's got Belle in her tentacles and is like gonna crush her and is like slowly crushing her. Belle should be dead just yeah by what's happening. And then Cruella shows up and then Cruella is just like she doesn't have like magic to do anything, so she just calls Rumple short. It was great. She's like, Do you like, need to get a stepladder to come insult me? And I'm like, She God did bless the her. most damage in that scene. God bless her. I just that's the kind of evil I want to be. I don't have any magic, but I'm gonna make fun of your eyebrows. Did you pluck them lately? Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cruella's got um Gen Z teenager energy. Gen Z high schooler. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like Cruella could walk up to you and just kinda like look at your face, look at your feet, look at your face again and walk away and it would destroy your life. Like <laughs> she's like, Oh, I don't know what happened. Oh no, help me, please. <laughs> Uh, well, a couple a couple notes from from this scene. Um, first, I'm I'm understanding, but also a little bit disappointed that they changed Maleficent's costume to be like the Angelina Jolie version, especially yes. because it's a worse version. Yes. Like it's the the hat looks like it's from Spirit Halloween. It's mm-hmm. so big and bulky. It looks like masking tape on her head. Yes. Uh, and then the other um, slightly more disturbing question that I just have to ask because this is this is our podcast and I can ask whatever I want where are Ursula's tentacles coming from and how does she just have two and then she has more than two and they come from her skirt and I'm very confused and um uh, and and also quite upset listen Ursula is a shapeshifter she can be whatever she wants to be so I guess she could be like I will be an octopus with eight legs I'll be an octopus with a thousand legs I'll be an octopus with one giant tentacle that slaps you in the face I I I feel like they need to bring back Ariel and Eric because um they worshipped her as a goddess Ooh, here I got it okay so Ursula randomly like normally like has a couple tentacles in her feet or whatever and so but in high tide she gets six extra tentacles (laughs) <laughs> oh yes the high t- the high the high tide magic the we, high high tide anything can happen at high tide anything anything can happen Woo! uh so yeah no it just tentacles always put me in a in a different frame of mind because i hung out with the anime kids in college so <gasps> oh ooh, so ooh. a lot of a lot of terrible jokes come into my brain uh, so they want the gauntlet. They're like all working as a team. This is then never explained in this scene that like somehow Maleficent, Ursula, and Cruella Deville are a team. I, someone tells me we're gonna that's yeah. gonna be part of the backstory in the next season. Is that we're gonna learn how they how how they what happened to each of them individually, and then what eventually brought them together? And I know it involves um. The author and the egg and I think Poseidon. Probably. I just, I I do love a ragtag, ragtag found family, dark queen situation. So I guess. Oh yeah. We love it. Uh, So they want the gauntlet and then Rumpel eventually gives them the gauntlet to get Belle back. And she's like, oh my God, you did. He's like, no, I shut up. I hate you. And they leave. (laughs) That's the past. That's that's the past. There it is. We did it. And and he also, I mean, he also just threatens her with violence at the end. He's like, no, the only reason I saved you is because I want to be the one who murders you. I, <laughs> I was like, God. 
I read a thing where it was just like, you know, like reading all of these like romance books and what men should be like after with romance books. And it was really funny because it did have that. It was like, if you don't threaten her with violence at least once, what are you even doing? And it's like, I think it's supposed to seem romantic. Like, no one's going to kill you but me, darling. It's like, oh, it's nice. <laughs> Only he can spill my blood. That's nice. He's he such cares. a romantic. Aww. He cares. But he doesn't he rake his hand for me. He doesn't rake his ha- hand through his hair violently or chew on his lip or do any other like hero uh the hand flex. The hand flex or, you know, uh glower. He doesn't glower a lot. Like that's what a lot of dark-haired romance boys do. They glower a lot. Yeah, um, Rumpel's not a glowering type. No, so. No. But uh forward into the future, uh, Bell's asleep. Oh yes, uh, she's she's been asleep the whole time. Felicity dreaming, uh, because Ingrid is now gone. Um, so everything's back to normal, right? Everything's super chill. Uh, we're all good. Elsa brings down the ice wall with just the the magic looked stupid, and then it was so effective it removed all traces. There was no water. There was no uh, extra snowflakes hanging in the air. It was like clean shot. I, it was so bad. They didn't even give the actors any direction and they didn't know how to respond. Cause they didn't know what, like Elsa just puts her hands out and they're just like, okay, what do I do with my body? What am I reacting to? Okay. Talk about this. The spell of shattered sight. They're all standing a foot from this and it's just chipping away. Like they're, di- they're all of them are blind now. All of them, all of their sight has been shattered Ah! for a second time. Yeah. Spell a shattered sight? No, just regular shattered sight. Ladies and gentlemen, Osha is on their way. (laughs) Even though the uh, ice tower has come down, they are not out of the woods yet because there is still a barrier that Ingrid left because we need a barrier because of drama. We always have to have a barrier around this town, even if a barrier doesn't make sense because Ingrid is dead. How is her magic still doing this? Yeah, she freed Marion, but left up the giant magic of the barrier. Yeah, and she also didn't free Marion quite enough. Because then there's still a little bit of the ice magic in her that just comes back. So so is her is her redemption actually just nothing? She didn't make a sacrifice. She just removed the shattered sight and kind of brought Marion back. Yeah, because she still trapped everyone in there. Yeah, like uh, this, 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 uh, I mean, it's 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 only because we need to get rid of a few characters and send them away, and this is the only way to do it. So we need they can't come we back. need a dramatic reason that these characters will be exiting, and I mean, they gave it to us, but again, it kind of makes Ingrid's uh, redemption sacrifice not really anything. Yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't pack the same punch. Well, Anna um, is like, well, yeah, but I, I want to leave. Can I? Can I just go? No, you can't go. But also, Arendelle is not in this world. What are you gonna do? Catch a train? Get a bus? Get an automobile? I wanted to just let her go. See what happens. I honestly, she seems like the kind of person that would fail upwards and figure it out. Just <laughs> she just leaves, and all of a sudden she can't see anybody. Uh, that'd be funny, but she'd figure it out. She would like some somehow stumble into the one person that knows how to make a portal in a world without magic. Like that's just on a superpower. She's just in a world full of strangers. No one is a stranger to her. I love it. She'd, 
She'd meet Ariel. They'd become best friends, and Ariel would swim her through the portal. Correct. The mer- and she'd be like, the mermaid just, I got her back. Wee! Um, so since they need to get back to Arendelle because we need to close out the Frozen storyline and get these characters out of here, um, they need to find a solution. Uh, maybe it's magic beans. It's not. And there was a deleted scene where Emma checked with Tiny uh, to see if there could be beans and there could not. Um, and it's either beans or it's a portal. There's no other option of the 30 million that we've explored. Although I feel like Emma was kind of joking a bit about it. She's like, or, or something. I think there's just kind of little wink and a nod of like, we've had so many freaking portals. Well, also with hat? Emma just being like, I actually don't know everything. Like it, you guys could tell me anything right now being like, we need a bean or a portal. And then Snow could have been like, or remember that time 47 years ago that we were able to make a portal with just shoestrings in a dream? I do. And then they have to find a magical enchanted shoestring. Like I, that's just like, that's what Emma leaves an open end for random backstories that will solve their problems. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we have Regina and um and robin uh finally waking up marion because the curse has been lifted and her heart gets put back in her body she wakes up um she gives robin a hug robin is giving uh regina the eyes of sadness (laughs) your 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 camera just moved that's how exact like she like Abby. I just have to describe this to you. Abby just like collapsed back in her chair in utter exasperation to the point where she physically moved her camera. My phone came with me. My phone is also over it. <laughs> but we get a good scene afterward. Like this is the scene I liked, although it was very short lived, and it's only because we're gonna get some really horrible gross shit with Marion next season yeah. and we need a little break from it for, for, yeah, we yeah, need to yeah. give Regina a taste of happiness before we shove it away again yes so Regina's at, uh, at Granny's of course and she's feeling sad obviously and without you know, obviously for, for understandable reasons and in pops Marion um side note why doesn't she get new clothes I understand, like, the contractual obligation with Anna and Elsa. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. There's no reason for Marion. Even when they send her outside of the portal to go to a diner and live a normal life, she's still in her cloak and robe. I don't know. I I, I, I also wondered the same thing. I'm like, she's been wearing the same thing for weeks, question mark. She was dead and in a coma in it. I don't know. I don't know Give what this... Marian I can't explain pants. this one. Give her pants. Just yeah, girl, you gotta discover pants. They're so wonderful. Get some <laughs> leggings. Go through your princess die phase. Get some biker pants and a sweatshirt. Hell yeah. Like, yeah, even if she wants to dress more conservatively, because that's what she's used to, find a middle ground where you're not wearing a brooched cloak and a giant a giant but like patchwork potato sack dress. Itchy. No. I don't know. Well, uh, Marion talks to Regina and they have a heart. Basically, they have they have an understanding. Marion's just like, look, I get it. I wasn't gone for very long in my mind, but Robin has been without me for years. He's fallen in love with you. I'm I'm I, I'm not going to force him to be with me out of a sense of obligation. That's not what I want. I want a man who chooses me. So, you know, if he wants me, he wants me. That's awesome. But if he wants you, which I think he does, 
I'm not going to stand in the way. I want you to be happy. I want him to be happy. I liked this scene. It was a good scene, especially considering how anti-Regina Marion was because Regina was going to kill her. Like it shows Marion's in, in the cold grip of death. Marion's had some chance for perspective and it's come around. Yeah, like very healthy. That's a very healthy thing to say. Like I'm, I'm sure it, it, it took a lot to get there and she probably felt like shit afterwards. Like you're never there that quickly, but you can just be like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Is These are two women being like, we're not going to fight over this dude. Like, I don't want to do it. He needs to pick one of us. And I think that's also where my exasperation comes from because that's all it is. It's just Robin needs to choose. And like, the problem is, is that one of the choices is boxed up. Like Regina's just like, listen, I don't think that it's right. I don't, I, I don't, you need to be with your wife and your kid. Like you're tearing a family apart. Like, that's what it is. And I was like, no, I will. I just, I love you so much. And he's just like breaking her down a little bit because like she's made her stance very clear and he just keeps showing back up, which again, it's romantic kind of, but if she didn't actually love him, it would have been really creepy. So yeah, I I, I think I'm more, I'm more forgiving of it in this situation. I, I also like the idea that because the whole point with Regina's storyline up to this point is she's been doing the right thing, but it keeps biting her in the ass. And so she's been under the impression of why am I doing the right thing when all it brings me is pain? This is especially true with Robin and Marion. But when she ultimately chose to do the right thing, good was rewarded with good. Like, I don't think Regina realizes this, but Marion did that because Regina did the right thing. Right. It was, she was, she did, she made the right choice. And so Marion responded in kind. That's, that's being a hero. Regina was a hero. Agreed. I agree with that. I agree. I don't disagree with what either of the women doing. My biggest problem here is mostly just the Robin part because, Mm -hmm. and this is why I like what Marion says, because the thing that happened right before did not go unnoticed by her because she she has been in a coma, correct? She is now awake and alive, has her heart, and is and can be the mother to her son. And Robin okay, Robin is in love with is in love with Regina, but he is still at one point loved Marion. Didn't fall out of love with her, just thought she died. Still like it's not like they had some falling out and they got back together. She comes back to life the first thing he does is hug her and sadly look over her shoulder. Like, that's not a hug. That's not a real hug. Like, I'm so glad you're alive. It's, oh, my God, the barrier's back. She's back. Oh, God. Our love will never know anything because she's alive. You should have killed her. I, that, and so Mary's just like, listen, I don't, I don't want anyone to hug me like that ever again. Just take him. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> just get him all the way out of my life. And we're just like, Really? I love it. Okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I I think I I think I don't feel as strongly about it as you do. <laughs> but I I understand your point. This is just a situation where I kind of don't really care because I'm liking. I like their. I like them together. I'm enjoying them more together than I did the first time around. And so these complexities. Like, I'm more upset by the Rumple Bell stuff than I am I, by this. And so, now, like, in comparison, I'm just like, man, it's fine. Now, listen, listen. It's fine. 
don't don't get me wrong the rumble bell stuff is the worst and don't mistake what all of this reading into it as like an over like overt passion of not liking the regina robin stuff it's mostly just my big hatred of love triangles i don't seem to find them as appealing as everybody else Mm. i'm just annoyed by them because there's always one person that if they were just clear about their intentions this wouldn't be happening and there's always a third person who then has to wake up to find out that that girl is actually now a vampire and he's in love with their child. Like, it, it never ends well. Yeah, but in this situation, I don't think anyone was Team Marion. I, I, sing- I don't even think Marion was Team Marion. No, Marion's just like, listen, I'm also out. Like, who is rooting for me? No one. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go find pants. I'm going to go out and find uh, clothing. It's just like, that's her story. Her story isn't finding true love. It's finding her own fashion sense. Go, girl. Well, after that um, that heartfelt scene between the two of them, uh, Regina goes to Robin and they come to an understanding that they want to be together. Robin is like, look, this is going to be complicated, which it is, but also not because people get divorced. Like, like you know, it's called, it's called co- co-parenting after divorce. Like, it's just yeah, you guys yeah. meet in McDonald's, you do a sh- exchange, you try not to be dicks about it in front of the kid. It's all people have been doing this for years. Yeah, Roland's gonna be fine. He's like four. Like he's gonna he he he's gonna be fine. He's gonna understand it eventually. Kid, kids kids are smarter than we often give them credit for. But it does not take literally the moment after they are, they they have their heart to heart kiss. Roland screams, "Daddy, Papa, help!" Because Marion is now freezing to death once again. Regina just cannot catch a break. I and I wanted to see this. This is another one of those off screen things that I wish we would have seen. Because like we see her like feeding ducks, and then then we see her on the ground covered in ice. Did that all happen at once? Did it happen slowly? And she's like. Roland, you have to go tell daddy. No, we're having a great time. Roland, go get your dog. Go, go get your father. Oh, ah. no. Like, how long did this go on? <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> and Regina realizes the only way to fix it is to take, because it's, ma- it's a magical spell. So the only way to fix it is to send Marion into a world without magic. Now, the old Regina would have just pushed Marion out of town and, and good luck, see uh, goodbye forever. Maybe maybe push out Roland, too, just for good measure. Uh, you know, little kids can cramp your style. But no, what she says is, like, Marion and Roland can't be out there on their own. Robin, you have to go with them. Be a family together out in the world of that magic. Don't bother saying goodbye to your friends in Sherwood Forest. They're not going to miss you, apparently. They're just going to stand around at the corner and just be like, I guess see you later. Yeah, Will Scarlet doesn't even show up. I don't even know if he's in the show anymore. No, they're there. They were all there. Oh, Will Scarlet was just there. He was there. Like when she's saying goodbye to them, all of his merry men are behind behind her with Will Scarlet. I I thought they were the dwarves. I didn't look that closely. (laughs) I just thought the dwarves were just just there for no reason. Because he had no interaction with them. So it's like, it might as well be the dwarves. He wasn't engaging with his merry men. It's just Granny with a crossbow. See you, Chief. <laughs> I'll, carry, I'll carry on your legacy of shooting things. I she do too. She takes over the merry men. <laughs> oh, oh my God, yes. Granny's merry yes. men. Granny and the merry men. Robin from the rich and given to the diner. It's just her shutting down every other small food business everywhere by sending her like hell's angels to their place to just riot. Oh my god, I love everything about this. This is this is this is canon now. This is this, this, this is, is so fun. Granny now runs the Merry Men. This is and one then of when the Robin comes scenes. back in the future. Yes, it is. 
when Robin comes back, there's going to be a turf war. And eventually they'll come to an, an uneasy compromise. And then Granny's going to get together with the ladies who brunch and they're all going to bitch about it. Because how dare Robin come as a man and take away her job as running this, this, this Merry Men gang. I feel like we don't talk enough about the mafia season of Once Upon a Time. And frankly, it's slept on and we need to talk about it more. Especially when Robin starts going to therapy and then they find out about it and they take over. <laughs> it's all very soprano. Oh, this is also this is so good. Okay, <coughs> well, Regina and uh, takes Robin and Marion and Roland to the town line. They they say their goodbyes, and Marion and Roland cross. And for a hot second, you're not sure if Regina is gonna keep Robin with her because you see Marion go, Robin, and just like staring into space. And this is where I want to talk about that gold scene for a second. Because okay. I know we're kind of out of order a little bit with, with gold yeah. stuff. Because this is the this is the episode where gold is gloating. And then he has then it all comes smacking him in the face. So gold is talking with Regina in the car before she's going to go send uh, Robin away. And we have that really good moment where, where gold is... It's like, look, I just, I take what I want and it's making me happy and everything is great. You keep doing the right thing and it's making you miserable. What's the point even? This, this is Rumple being a boomer in corporate America telling Regina to lean in. Just lean in. Just lean in. And she's like, no, I kind of don't want to do that. And he's like, no, just take what you want. Squash everybody beneath you. Who cares? Get what you want. Why does everyone hate me? I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. And there was this almost like familial tenderness between like not not tenderness, a a mutual respect. Yes. Like when he clasps her hand, there wasn't anything sexual about it. Nothing romantic. It was where we are two kindred spirits. We are two like minded souls who who have suffered for so long and have taken two ways to try and get themselves out of it. Which one's going to work? Rumple is fully certain it's his way, but we'll find out that's not necessarily the case. And the thing I wanted to point out that we had talked about earlier is you were kind of saying that she doesn't take the bait at all. And I disagree because there's a moment after Rumple gets out of the car, you see Regina's face like lower and her eyes like for just a moment, like just laser focus on, on Robin and Marion with kind of like this deathly glare. And then it is immediately gone. Like there, I uh, there was a moment that really stood out to me where she like, she almost like like is like, she embraces the darkness within her for just a moment and then immediately lets it go, because I know in the next half of the season she's gonna fight those demons still because she didn't get what she wanted again. So like, that that I I I saw that and I I, I hope I'm not the only one. So okay so. Okay, I'll give you that. I will say my only thing is, like, one of the things that I've been trying to, like, uh, I heard this a while ago, and it's been something that I, I keep in the forefront of my mind a lot, of when something happens, your first thought is not who you are. It's your conditioned response. Mm. So if you see something, like, and, and I've heard this in reactions to, like, just, like, like, uh, like bodies, you know, different skin colors and stuff like that. If you're raised in a certain way, like you're going to look at a person and just be like, oh. And then you're like, no. And then you have to go back and you have to like scold your brain because you were conditioned to think these things 
from a very young age or because of culture or because of whatever. And at a certain point, maybe it won't ever go away. And I think that's kind of where Regina's at. And like, she mistakes Mm. those first thoughts as her real thoughts. And I think you and I both know your brain is a big, dumb piece of meat that likes to lie to you a lot. (laughs) So we can't listen Mm -hmm. to it all the time. And I, 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 I applaud Regina for not, like for her first thought being like I can have it all I can just kidnap him I'll keep him in a little jar next to my bed it'll be amazing (laughs) I could just take his heart and keep him like I kept Graham I can do all of those things I can have everything and then the rest of her brain going okay now keep going what happened in all of those scenarios because that's the part that gold is not carrying through gold seems the whole time gold is gloating he's like no I get everything I want because I win it's like you aren't winning in no part of the scenario are you winning you've tricked everybody around you you've been lying repeatedly at least Regina's trying the bad things that happened to her especially in this like last couple of weeks it's just bad luck really and I I, they're not the same like Rumble's just like yeah you and I we're the same and I think even Regina's like we're not the same you're kind of you're just a dick like Mind everybody, you just want power. Like, I just want to be happy. All I want is to be happy. You want to be in control of everybody. I just want someone to kiss me on the forehead before I go to bed. I mean, all Rumple wants is, is, is to, yeah, all he wants apparently is a woman he forces to sleep all the time and wakes her up with breakfast in bed and a little tickle on her nose because, um, she is a child. So let's head over to our, uh, whirlwind storybook romance. Between Belle and her beast. Okay. So, Belle wakes up and at no point asks, like, hey, what happened? Is everything fine? Like, did the shell spe- a spell of Shattered Sight happen? No? Whatever. And he's just like, and it literally, it does have a feeling to me like waking up a kid being like, guess what today is? Remember how I told you we were going to go visit Grandma? We're actually going to Disney. Yay! Pack your bags. Because he's like, I'm going to take you to New York. Because he, like, tells Hook this. He's like, I'm going to give her everything she's ever wanted. And it's to go see the world. And to be fair, if you want to go see the world starting in New York City, it's a good it's a good plan. And it's also a good, like, decoy lie thing. And she was just like, wait a minute. Can we do that? He's like, totally. She's like, cool. I'll go get the biggest suitcase I can find. And then somehow fill it. How long are you guys going to be gone? How many pairs of underwear did you pack? As a person who packs a lot of underpants, like... She even asks Henry to help her find a second one. Yeah. She still has stuff to pack. I need more. I need more. You're going, like, up, like, or up or down the road. I don't... I went to public school. I don't know geography. Uh, So, he's just like, I'm going to get you out of town. And she's like, oh, great. I'm nothing suspicious at all. Everything's fine. No big deal. So, she starts packing her suitcase. Henry shows up. And this whole scene was was weird from start to finish. Uh, he calls her grandma twice before she's like, yeah, let's maybe call me Belle, which, thank goodness, I couldn't hear. I, I couldn't deal with it. I don't like it when he calls gold grandpa. I can't deal with it. I cannot at all. <sighs> um, but she's like, find me another suitcase. So he, like, goes to the weirdest spot in the world to go dig Finds a smaller suitcase, but also knocks down everything. Oh, yeah. This Just is... everything. I thought they were going to find the dagger. Like, I genuinely did. But what actually <laughs> well, Eventually, happened... they did. Well, eventually. Uh, what makes me laugh about the scene... Not laugh. There is a part of the scene that... Uh, 
I initially mistook for like just bad acting and bad direction, but I think if you look at it from the fact that for a large part of uh, Henry's life, he had kind of like a mean mom. Like she loved him, but I think she snapped a lot. Like she had one of those like really quick fuses. So mm-hmm. when he drops all the stuff and Belle, her her whole sh- face shifts because she sees the gauntlet and Henry picks up on it immediately. He stands fully, puts his shoulders back and was like, I'll clean it all up. Don't worry. Don't be mad. Like he immediately gets defensive. Like, no, 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 please don't be mad. And I'm like, oh, poor I thought boy, was, he wants a hug. I know. It was just like, no, she's not mad. She's at you. She's not mad at you. <laughs> like. She's being introspective about our flashback that we got in this episode. Exactly, because she has found the Infinity Gauntlet, and she's super mad about it. She's like, no, it's fine. I'm not mad at you. And she's like, clutching the gauntlet with white knuckles. Like, it's fine. I am going to strangle him to death with this. Because you can see it all. Like It's like the gauntlet was the last piece. Like, she was starting to put some stuff together. And then seeing the gauntlet just made her go, hmm. So is this because he, she didn't think he had it back? Because, like, lost things from other people end up in Gold Shop all the time. I think it was because what we see later is that he goes back for it and threatens the queens, uh, the queens of darkness. And it's just, like, he goes back for it and demands it back. And I think she knows that it didn't show up there on accident, and especially if it was hidden. I think she just knows that he bartered her life for it and then still went back for it because it mattered more. Mm. I, 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 I just feel like it was just one of those things where it all clicked for her for a second. And she was just like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Because like none of that derailed him from his plan. It just put his timeline different. So I think seeing that was just her just being like, wait a minute. This guy's been lying to me from the jump and it all started, you know, like when you find out that someone like cheated on you or did something wrong or has been stealing from you and it all, all those stuff in the back that everyone else has been saying is a red flag and you didn't believe them, it all clicks into place. Mm, I've been there. It all starts. I have been like, there. Remember all that Some... weird behavior you couldn't quite explain? Now it's explained very easily. Damn it. And Be- it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And meanwhile, um, Rumpel's also trying to get Hook. I'm sorry. He's trying to get like Emma and Snow and everyone distracted. Also needs to get Anna out of the way because Anna knows him. And he lied and said he didn't know who she was. So he's like, I got to get Anna out. So I'm going to give her everything she ever wanted. Just like Belle. I'm going to get her out of town. So we're going to spend forever searching this house for a portal to Arendelle. Oh, did I say forever? I meant literally in two seconds. It's going to show up. It was just one of those. What do they need? They need a portal. Here it is. Because the funniest part of this episode is the fact that, and I understand that he has his heart, but like anywhere Rumpel goes, Hook is behind him. Mad. I'm so mad. Kill me. Kill me. Why aren't you killing me? This is so dumb. If I ever, I'm going to, when you die, I'm going to haunt you in the underworld. (laughs) He's like, I will never die. I will be free forever. And it's like, I, uh, so they they find the portal and then there's this like nice scene there is it's admittedly a nice scene i'm saying it kind of flippantly but there's a nice scene of like them leaving and elsa and emma have a nice moment of saying goodbye to each other like as sisters Mm. david and snow are also there for reasons and Henry's like poking around at stuff. He's just like, look, look, I'm just going to pull on sconces. Yeah, he's, yes, he's going to pull on sconces. 
is until he finds just the right one. This doesn't look like it's attached right. I'm going to check for insurance purposes. Because he's alone, they've just completely lost track of a full child. Okay, so they find they open the door. Emma's like, let me check. Magic can be pretty unpredictable. And I'm like... Three episodes ago, you blew a hole in the state in the police station. Yeah, we know, Emma. Magic can be a little weird. Also, it, it's kind of weird in this episode. She spends a lot of time, like, kind of schooling everybody about magic. Like, the barrier wall. I gotta test it. It's magic. And, oh, oh this door. I gotta test it because magic. I'm like, girl, you're, 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 you're new to magic. For the most part, you've hated magic. And, and yeah, you blew a hole inside of the police station. You're just like the trifecta of, we should not trust you with the magic. Go get Regina. She's, she's opening she's, the door. She's, she's like she's opening the door. She's shots. Yeah, exactly. Just opening the door slowly, looking over her shoulder. Don't worry. I moved the moon once. I got this. <laughs> Why was the portal like puke colored? It was, I, it was the worst shade of like this yellow green nightmare. I don't know. I think they, I... I feel like I understood what they were trying to do, but it just didn't, it didn't work at all. Uh, so they, they start going through, like Elsa and Kristoff go through, and then like Anna stays behind to put the last piece of the puzzle together. Yeah, she's there for exposition. She's just like, hey, Miss, I, I'd like to meet this Mr. Gold. Why are you saying, this? I get Anna just like talks. No, this was, this was just bad. This was so. This was because so, there's also so no cheap. reason that she should have been like Mr. Gold. Oh, who was that in the other world? Like you wouldn't have asked that. She doesn't know enough about it to ask those things. Like she would have been like, Oh, Mr. Gold. I guess I didn't know him in the other world. And then steps through. Like, why are we? This, it's the weirdest. Uh, like I, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, again, weird things I've learned on TikTok. There's a thing in therapy called a doorknob, a doorknob confession where you're like on your way out and you're just, by the way, I killed a man. Da, da, da. Like, you're just like, I know her hours up, but I have to tell you something crazy. That's what Anna's doing. Anna's leaving. And she's just like, I have a thousand other thoughts. I need to get out real quick. And also Rumpelstiltskin, he's the bad guy. He lies all the time. And that's what makes them realize that Rumpel's been doing a victory lap around town and no one's been paying attention. Yeah, I th- this whole scene could have been done in so many ways that would have been so much better. I'm, I I can't even go into them because I don't have the time or energy for that. But we we did need to get this reveal that Anna knew him. We yeah. needed this reveal. It should have happened differently. We needed the reveal that Rumpel has been working on something super secret and that it's no good. It's a bad mojo. This was not the way to do that. Because, like, yeah, if Rumple, if Gold lies about knowing Anna, okay, why is, why does Emma care? And why would she connect that to Hook telling her about the poor, I guess, because, I guess, because she was saying, he said that Gold found it for them and he was turning over a new leaf. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, Hook goes to Emma and is talking, but it's actually Rumple talking through the heart and listening to listening to Rumple just be like, "Yeah, see you later, love." And it's just like, "Oh, this is bad." And even Emma's just like, "This ain't there's nothing about this vocabulary or cadence makes any sense." Yeah, you feeling all right? Yeah, got, and got, like got a ki- tempy. Yeah, he kisses her, and she's just like, mm, "That mm. was not the fervent pirate kiss I'm used to." We're still too new in our relationship for any of our kisses to be chaste. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't been pushed up against a wall yet. This is a bunch of sh- I hate this. Something's wrong. Well, before we get to the, the big 
climax of the episode, we're going to make a quick pit stop in Arendelle because Elsa and Anna have returned and not Kristoff. We goodbye forever by Kristoff and your short he, hair he, that we had to mention multiple times. He's at the altar just standing there, sure hoping Anna shows up. Yeah, like, out of all... Why didn't we at least get the freaking wedding? Like, they should show, like... You have all these extras you could put in terrible costumes. You've done it, like, for a billion... You have it for the Prince Eric and Ariel dance. Just You have you have the resources. Why not do it for... Yeah. I guess they were, like, like us, just sick of it. <laughs> well, I think they also was just one of those, we can't show it because what if they show it in Frozen 2? But... <gasps> oh, because that's, that's what do they see? Point. They open those doors... And we don't even see a hall. Like, we don't see a wedding hall. We don't see Kristoff as a tiny little CGI guy waiting up by the altar. What do we see? We see a big empty room. Like, they open the door for another room for them to walk through. Was it like white? Were they going to heaven? Oh, uh, yeah, right. They're dying. This is the end of Lost. It's just like they've been <laughs> dead the whole time. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, they they talk about the great awesome fight that happened off screen in which Anna punched uh, Hans in the face. And they took back their kingdom. It's all good. They found a painting um, that apparently has existed this whole time. A of horrible painting. All, oh, a terrible Whoever, painting. Yeah. Like the, 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 I saw this one and the one for the parents. Whoever is the official Arendelle artist needs to be fired out of a cannon into the sun. Oh uh, yeah. It's like a cousin. It's just like my cousin studying art. Can he do? It's the Bridgerton dude. <laughs> he went to art school <laughs> for a semester and he's just like, I will do all of your paintings. <laughs> Like, oh. like, oh, no. We can't tell him no. He's so confident. Uh, Elsa's in her queenly regalia and her her little bangs thing from a distance looks great. When they have the close-ups, you can see the clip. And I could not see it to the point where I texted a picture of it to Abby. And I was like, look at this. <laughs> look. Look at this terrible. Look at the sin. Meanwhile, I'm, like, trying to figure out the physics of it because I like the hairstyle. I just, I don't understand how it works. It's just... Because it doesn't, because it's a wig and someone spent 15 hours doing it. No one would sit for this. No. Uh, but then it's nice because then Anna's the one wearing the gloves and then Elsa's with her bare hand. It's nice. Let it go, let it go. We're gonna walk away forever. And they, and they never, never come back. Again. The end. Anyway, Elsa's gonna go find a water horse. See you later. Yeah. All right. And now we are back. In Storybrooke, and we have Gold in the tower with Hook, and he's finally getting ready uh, to match the stars in the hat with the stars in the sky. Is he a crush? Hook's heart. He says it like five times in the episode. We heard you, Rumple. We're not stupid. We're smart people. I wish you would have mentioned it earlier. And for why? Because it doesn't make any sense. Like you're projecting something out of the. It doesn't matter. So it, it turns into this whole scene where he's just like this. The thing is up on this on the ceiling. The stars match. They never show the stars matching. They just show a little window out of the clock tower and the moon. And then they show the stars of the CGI thing. And then they show Rumple's body being like blur visioned up into heaven. <laughs> I don't understand what was happening. And then he's like, and now I will crush your heart. To seal the deal. To seal the deal. Like, none of this makes any sense and it will never be explained. Um, but then, like, Snow and Emma show up. They're like, no way. And he freezes them. 
and like is getting ready to kill Hook, but he can't finish crushing it. And I like that Hook is still in pain, but he's just like, why am I still alive? Dude, what the hell? Uh, it sucks. It, like, it hurts. Kill me. What is happening? And this is where we get Belle's girl power moment. Why can't I crush the heart? Because I commanded you not to. God, With my da, mind. <laughs> yeah, just like she's whispering to the sword. I can't to kill this. <laughs> and she's standing there. And again, again, this isn't her prop. This isn't her. It's just the fact that she is a very slight woman. And the dagger that they made from the beginning was oddly shaped. And big. So it's like every time she's holding this thing, again, a child holding a butter knife. Like, it's just like, it's so big. And she's just like, I command you to stop everything. And he's just like stopping all of it. And it's like, he drops the heart. Hook catches it. Very present of mind. Emma and Snow are unfrozen to like look up and be like, oh shit, the tea, it's scalding hot. And she's like, anyway, take us to the town line. The rest of this we need to do in private. And it's like, you mean at the town line? Like what we have to do is at the town line. None of this needs to be private. Take everybody. I wish everyone could have watched this. Oh yeah. Like Snow, Snow, Snow and Emma were pissed oh. that they were not swooped away. Can you imagine that conversation after Rumpel and Belle were swooped away? They just look at each other and like, what the fuck? Listen, I, I if there's not like an extra deleted scene of like Emma shoving the heart back into Hook and being like, listen, whatever, I gotta go. And just sprinting. Like, I gotta go. Texting David, get the truck. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hook is like, I want to make out. Emma's like, no time. And they like, they all show up at the like as Belle is crying. Girl, we're here to support you, but really, they just wanted to see what, what happened. happened. Uh, so, so at the town line, uh, is Belle trying her best to be a strong, empowered woman, but her heart is breaking because while she knows what she needs to do, she doesn't know if she has the strength to do it, and she's telling him to go, and he goes into survival mode. But not in a good way, like in not in a su- successful way. He cannot save himself against Bell because it's like no, 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 no. I don't, I don't love power. I mean, it's nice, and it's like nope. See, we're bad from the start. <laughs> You've already screwed this up because she had used the gauntlet to point to what Rumple loves most, and it led her to the dagger. So, did she switch the daggers? Did he think he had the real dagger? No, I think that it literally led her to the tower and just like oh, and she grabs. <laughs> She's it off like screen. wearing it, and it's just like goes whoop and just points down. Oh, dagger! Oh, I wish we would have seen the animation because I'm imagining the like you know the the Mickey Mouse glove cursor where it's like boop boop like it looks like it's like poking stuff. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I'm, I do. I'm just imagining that it looks like this. Uh, because by the way, Rumple didn't make the portal. The little broomstick did like, because we needed to see the broomstick marching again. Um, anyway, so she's just mad. She's just yelling at him. She's like, no, you love power more. And she says then the thing that Marion says, and she's like, I want to be chosen, which again, it's, it's a thing that you want. <laughs> you always want to be chosen. So she's like, I wanted to be chosen. You didn't choose me. You've just been lying to me this whole time. So I want you to cross the town line and leave forever. And she does not. Well, back she down specifically from doesn't say leave forever, which I kind of want. I wanted her to add and never come back, but she can't because Rumple has to come back. Oh, correct. She can't say that. He's under contract. So, <laughs> uh, so she's like, I want you to go over the town line, and he does it, and it's. This is again. I'm not. You know, we've made no bones about it. We're not a big Rumple Bell situation here. Uh, but this was a good scene because, like, she, yeah. you know. 
you know that thing you're breaking up with somebody but your heart is still broken so you're still crying because I'm a strong woman right up until he's actually gone and then we cry we cry we cry we let it out and he is now a man without his cane on the other side of the town line and he's alone and he's also crying he's crying out for Belle he's upset because he's without his magic sucks to be you my guy yeah, this was I I really enjoyed this scene. Um I I have to wonder whether this was something they were building to for a while or if it was something of eventually the showrunners or writers were like you guys this relationship is not working and we need to like f- people are like writing articles about how shitty this dynamic is and we have to like fix it. Like or or they just wanted to um, you know, make Rumple a full villain again, and they weren't enjoying the teeter totter that they were having to experience with the whole Rumple Bell thing. I, I just, I honestly think that they just didn't know how to write it anymore. Like they can't write them being happy because you either have to have Bell being complicit with what's happening, or for him to be constantly lying to her. And there's got to be, there's got to be blowback from that because Bell's not much. We haven't seen it a lot, but Belle's not an idiot. You know, like she she should be, and I think that they should have made this play a little bit more. They were somehow not heavy-handed enough this season because there's when she saw the mirror, and there's a couple of times you can see where she's like questioning what's happening, but she's kind of still going with it. I I wish they would have done just a bit more, mm-hmm. just a bit more, because it just kind of didn't seem completely out of nowhere. But it did seem slightly unearned. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit bigger than, like, it, it did feel like a lot of pieces were put into place for her from the writers in the audience. Like, we were seeing all the signs. That doesn't mean she was seeing all the signs. And it doesn't mean that she would see them in the way that we, in the time frame that we we did. Because we're seeing how horrible he's being. I kind of find it funny that, like, it's either she's complicit or being lied to. Because uh, that kind of explains Lucy. <laughs> like, I feel like the best relationship was Rumpel and Lucy. Because they just got Lacey. to, like... Lacey. thank you. Sorry. Because they got to get into all sorts of shenanigans, evil shenanigans together. And she was having a grand old time. And wearing kick-ass outfits. I I will say the one thing that I wish she would have done, her yesification, her yes, go girl moment, is I wish the actual broken heart moment would have happened where she realized, like, there's never a comment about the fake dagger made. And I kind of wish that was the last thing before she pushed him out. Like, I command you to tell me when you switch the daggers. And for him to be like, the day we got buried. And for her to physically have pushed him. Just like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> how like like just saying having that bart simpson moment you can see the moment where her heart truly breaks because that would have like been it where you can see her kind of like f- trying to keep her shield up and be like no you can't talk your way back into this but i think that would have been the moment that truly he could not walk back when did you switch the daggers our wedding day you remember that great grand promise that i made you the day that we we were married i lied before we got married, I lied. After we got married, <sighs> yeah, it would have. It would that I think would have been the piece that would have that would have uh, fi- fixed the puzzle. Yes, like if she asked him a few questions because she's a curious person. They say this in this very episode. She's curious. Maybe instead of just telling him how she feels, which is legit and earned and honest, she also got a little more information out of him. I think that would have 
been that would have fit her character would have fit the scene and it would have been extra heartbreaking for her to learn those things that we already know to get that information would have been interesting if she would have asked him honestly just been like can you tell me when you switch the daggers and he was like just recently to do this but then she was like i command you to tell me when you actually switch the daggers he's like what the day we got married and for her to realize he's lying to you even right now when oh. the moment he knows that he could lose you and lose everything, he's still lying. Get out. Get out of my oh. town. I run this town. I'm the mayor now. Belle runs this <laughs> town. Well, congratulations to Rumpel and Belle on a fantastic marriage of um, uh, half, se- half a season. I mean, they're not divorced. They're separated, I'm presuming. Physically separated because he's been run out of town. She's moved her Facebook status to It's Complicated. Yes, she has. Yes. Uh, and, um, before we flash forward to our big teaser for the next season, uh, we, well, we get two teasers. We get, um, Henry, the spy, Henry at the spy, uh, who was exploring the house on his own and is like, grabs Emma and Regina who've been taking shots. Although they didn't actually get to drink their shots and I was very disappointed. I also like that she just like said two. And shots showed up. Like, I like an establishment where I don't even need to specify what's happening. She was just like, oh, those two women look pissed. And I, I, I'm, shots. I mean, the bartender was also, I'm, I'm presuming, listening because they were the only ones talking. And she's like, shots? And then Regina says, yeah. And then she says, two. So I'm presuming, like, the bartender's just kind of keeping tabs on them. Mm. Um, and and the, Re- Emma and Regina have a nice a nice scene, a nice camaraderie. Uh, the... Um, the Swan Queen uh, shippers having a field day with this one where Emma's just like, look, I respect you. I like this scene. It was good. It was a great scene. Uh, I think my favorite part was when Regina's like, well, I'm sad and alone and it sucks. And then Emma's like, well, if it makes you feel better, so so is gold. And she's like, it does make me feel better. It does. Thank you. I also like where she's like, I'm not here to give you a speech. But you did the right thing. That was a speech. It wasn't a speech. Um, it was a speech. I, I do also appreciate, speaking of Facebook, I like uh, Regina vague booking by just like being sad in public places, but being visibly annoyed when people come to talk to her. <laughs> like she has a full house she could be sad in. She could be yeah. sad and drinking alone in. There's actually another deleted scene where she's again sad at the bar and Henry <laughs> goes to talk to her. And and he's like, Operation Mongoose. And she's like, no, don't worry about that. Everything's good. Everything's fine. I'm just going to be sad and alone. And that's pretty much what prompts Henry to go explore the house. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm glad they cut it because we didn't need a reason. Also, Regina's been sad enough at bars. We, she we just take a break there, from that. She's just like, the, the bartender's like serving her water. Just like, ma'am, I think, I think you've had enough. No, I'll tell you what I've had enough. <laughs> And yeah, Henry calls over and is like, don't, don't, don't drink. Don't have alcohol. I've got something better. I've got the truth. Or a myster- I've got better. a mystery. Hey, hey, you know what's better than alcohol and drugs? A natural high of pulling a sconce off a wall. <laughs> yes. And they, so he takes them to back to the mansion and he finds a hidden room that is a giant library full of empty storybooks. Um, and they discover that they think this house is the author's house, but it's also probably the sorcerer's house. So one in the same. Yes, I do think so. And that's when Emma learns about Operation Mongoose. For a half second, I thought she was going to be a little bit sad because that was a name that she had recommended to Henry. And Henry's like, nah, I'm busy. And then he used it for Regina's. But she wasn't. She was just like, you know what? Yes, I'm in. I'm going to help. And then for another half second, I thought Regina's going to be like, now we're cool. <laughs> and 
be pissed that Emma wanted to like steal the thunder, but no, Regina wants to help, and Emma wants to help, and the Swan Queen shippers are having a field day. This is their moment. I, I want to. So my favorite part of this is that this is a room full of blank notebooks. I I gotta know what the author's actually writing in because I hope it's like some little like trashy steno notebook, because nothing to me says like a writer like a whole bunch of unused really nice notebooks that no that will never be used just a house full of journals and blank books and art books that bought with the intention of putting really cool things in but never getting around to it but buying five more i've so i when i was younger i had so many diaries that had like five entries and that was it it just stopped there I, I have, I did that with stickers, but I also do it with journals. I buy so many journals and I have them everywhere, but like none of the journals have perforated pages. So what if I start writing in it and it's like a, it's a yoga journal, but then I change my mind and I want it to be like a, a jujitsu journal. Well, I can't tear those out. No. I have to scratch them out. What do I do? Nope. Well, so I'll just never write in it at all. Just That's the plan. One. 99 cents you're good i'm, I'm gonna guess that those those storybooks uh don't have perforated pages so mm. uh but also like emma and hook kiss and it was nice so yeah so so now we flash forward uh six weeks uh rumple is in the most canadian part of new york once again uh getting off the bus so now we know times are times are rough for uh for the gold golden boy but he's got his cane back, so that's good. He's able to, to move about. Um, yeah. And then he goes and moves about through various screensavers. I, this is, this wasn't, I didn't like this as much. One of them was clearly a screensaver. Like, I've seen it on oh, Windows yeah. PCs. Like, it's the, the, the yellow gold, or not goldfish, the yellow jellyfish on the blue background. Yeah, I don't think this was an actual aquarium. I think no. this was like a back lot that they just put a bunch of tanks in. Yeah. So, but he's he's on a mission. He's gonna go, a a poor aquarium worker, who's outside of the aquarium, feeding them somehow. I'm confused as to how any of this was working. I, I don't think they know how aquarium feeding works either. Uh. And anyway, it's Ursula in a jumpsuit. Yes. Uh, and she's or, and she's given some some snaz to uh, Rumple about how oh you how the mighty have fallen you come crawling to me oh you must be pretty desperate to be crawling to me a fish feeder in New York <laughs> me uh, and she he's like oh I have a plan I'm going to go take somebody down and his name is well for now we'll call him the author and she's like oh, pretentious I hate him already. I loved that line so much. <laughs> There's a reason I love villains. Like, that had a Regina, like, essence yeah. to it. I loved that. That was just, like, he's pretentious. I'm like, it is pretentious. I love it. And he's like, yeah, because we're going to be villains. Let's go be villains. We have two more stops to make. Also, should we stop at a PetSmart to pick up a dog bone? Because I don't like dogs. And I need a lint <laughs> roller in case she brings those damn dogs with her. Eh, eh. Uh, yeah, and so he's decided he's gonna go take down everyone with, uh, on the backs of three women. So, again, in his boomer mentality, he will achieve greatness off the backs of women. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, how like a man. He gets dumped by, dumped by his girlfriend and goes full scorched earth. 
I just I I like by the way how like his original plan was to like cleave himself from the dagger, take a bell. Like was he gonna cleave himself from the dagger and then go take a bell with him? And then like but he was also at one point gonna save Henry, but then he decided not to save Henry and then like I- Yeah, so so the original plan was to take Henry with him because everyone was gonna tear the they were gonna tear the town apart and he didn't want Henry to die. And okay. then and then he was like, Oh well well you know, everyone's fine now, so I don't think I could take Henry with me. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so I'm just going to take Belle now. But he doesn't tell her that they won't be able to come back. And that's the first thing that actually really kind of sparks the thing with Belle is Henry's like, oh, yeah, didn't didn't Rumpel tell you? Like, you can't come back. And she's like, no, he didn't tell it to me. Hmm. Oh, what's this gauntlet? Oh, I also did like the part where, like, when they're in the car, when Rumpel's in the car with Regina, he was just like... Yeah, you'll have to tell uh, Henry uh, his his adorable, terrible spy games uh, were not unnoticed. <laughs> He's so bad at it. He's so He's, bad at it. I mean, he was. He so. was. Also, by the way, when he showed up to Gold Shop, he wasn't wearing a suit, so he must have just known that he wasn't working that day because he's supposed to wear a suit. Manners maketh man. It's all very Golden Circle situation. So, Well, that is... The episode that is season four, episode 12, Heroes and Villains. Uh, We've closed out the Arendelle storyline. We have set up the Queens of Darkness. Uh, We've got the girl power uh, Disney villainous team up. As a fan of the uh, board game Disney villainous, I'm all for this. I love a weird pairing that doesn't make any sense. Maleficent, Ursula, and Cruella makes no sense. But I love it. Here's here's a dragon lady. Here is a shape-shifting sea witch. And also, a lush with a gun. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, my God. Like, these, the, I love all these actresses. I think Victoria uh, Smurfit as Cruella is my favorite. She's so fun. She's so entertaining. And she just has a great time. She does, but she, and she is definitely, she definitely has that feeling like she is Cruella DeVille from the original movie stepped out of that cartoon into real life, but in a way that works and is not weird like the Elsa Anna version, if that makes sense. Like, it's it not does. such it's- a one-to-one that it's creepy and otherworldly. It's just like, yes, this is what this person would look like in real life. Yeah, I, I think it's the difference between impersonation and embodiment. Yes. Like, Elsa and Anna were impersonations. They were good in some cases. Like, with Anna, it was great. But they're still impersonations. With Cruella, it's an embodiment. Like, she embodies the spirit of Cruella. And I can't wait for her episodes. Like, even, like, her flashback where she's supposed to be, like, a flapper teenager and she's a woman in, like, her late 30s. I'm like, I don't care because I love you. No, there's a part where you, like, you'll suspend your belief for certain things. And that's one of those. Because, yeah, she she rules. And I'm glad that they went with the cartoon version, the original cartoon version, and not, like, the Glenn Close. I know that the Emma oh, Stone God. part isn't there. But it's just, like, you know, a split-dye haircut and big, perfect curls. It's like, no, 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 no. She's, like, a raggedy, crazy lady. The the best. This is the best version of her. And now I'm going to have the Cruella de Vil song stuck in my head for the next couple of weeks. So. So I kind of want to talk, because we talked last week about uh, our impressions of, like, the Frozen storyline, and we kind of put a pin in it for, for this week. So I want to talk about it, because now it's gone. Now it's done. Arendelle does not come back. Elsa and Frozen, Elsa and Anna, the actresses, do not come back. So for me, I'll just start. 
I think that my feelings toward the Frozen storyline can really be um, summarized in the final scene that they have. Because, like, on one hand, you have these two talented actresses who look like the characters having genuine human connections, having sweet moments, having something that builds on the original characters. Then you have them repeat the stupid chocolate joke from the first movie, complete with Elsa, like putting her hand over her mouth. It's like a full one-to-one recreation from the first movie. And then they walk off to describe a better, more interesting scene that we never get to see. I feel like that's like, that's the Frozen storyline in a nutshell. You have talented actors who have become these characters. They just don't have anything to work with because they're, the only thing they have is be this Disney movie that, that kids like right now. Yeah, I really, I mean, I agree with you. And we talked a lot about how it felt like that they were just shoehorned into an existing storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did feel like that, especially with the close. I know I talked about it last week with, I wasn't super impressed with the end of Ingrid and now with how her spell continued to linger afterwards, I'm even less impressed because she was the creativity that they were allowed to have in the frozen storyline. Everything else, they seemed shackled to needing their costumes to look a certain way, not letting them be bad, not like, Elsa was never bad. She was just confused and scared. And you can't, you can't get anything nice out of that when you're just like, what do I have from this? Well, I can't go any farther than this movie lets us go. This movie that already exists, this story, this growth, this character development that already exists. Like they, they had more room, wiggle room with Merida from Brave. Like they were so constrained with, the Elsa stuff and Anna that it just, and they, I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. I, 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 I liked some of it. Some of it was bright spots. I had a good time for the most part, but overall disappointed is what I will say. Agreed. And, and, and a lot of people think this is like when once upon a time, like jumped the shark, which is kind of what we talked about before. And I would say out of everything. Yes. I think that frozen is kind of when they jumped the shark because everything afterward is, is just like pulling pulling the re- character references that people recognize in a way that they can recognize like we have the maleficent is now being given her angelina jolie look and um cruella deville has her traditional look although granted she looks amazing and i love her and she's fabulous so it's like it's it's a i'm very excited for when king arthur comes back we're going to get to talk about clip it, the two clip by it, four. Clip it. Beth just said she's excited for when King Arthur comes back. It's, no, because because we're going to get to talk about such trash. Oh, I know. I So, like, that's the thing. I, I think you're right. This is this is definitely, like, I know that there's some arguments about where... Wh- some people, there's, there's arguments within the fandom about where the drop-off happened. And I don't know if you could pinpoint an exact spot in the Frozen storyline or in this season in which it happens, but I think... Just in general, like a vague hand gesture towards this whole season, including this back half. Because as we discovered, like, with the pan stuff last season, you can't start with something that big and then slide into something else. Mm-hmm. It just, and this that's what they did with Frozen. Frozen should have been the back half. 
Like, tease mm. Frozen's coming and then give us that in the back and lead to something else for the next season so you have time to retool as opposed to giving us this big grand thing and then hoping that the Frozen people will stick around for the back half. So- it does, yeah, no that that makes that makes sense. I I think the reason that they 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 put it in the front half was because they were suffering from uh they were losing viewers and they and needed a hook fair. to bring them back. And so I think they were like, oh well, we can do this thing. Let's do this. So the the last thing I want to talk about with this is kind of like the the three extremes that we see with Once Upon a Time, and then how everything kind of changed afterward. You had Peter Pan, which was the literal you could not be more opposite from frozen where frozen was very impersonation one-to-one recreation pan was completely the opposite pan was the bad guy and neverland wasn't a land where boys and girls could roam free forever it was a torture it was a torture island of pain and sadness and misery and it was a hit and miss and then you have frozen but then in the middle, you had Wicked. So I'm kind of wondering, like, which of the three you like the most? Do you like the the safe one, which is Frozen, recreating something we know and love and incorporating it into the bigger story? Do you like the opposite end, uh, something challenging and dark, but doesn't always work? Or the thing that's kind of like in between a little bit? I'm in. The, I'm honestly me. I'm in the. I'm in the in between because I think I liked the the. I keep almost saying Elphaba, the Zelina stuff the most because it's the good part where you're still in Storybrook because that's the nice play. Like that's the part. That's the part that keeps your show centered, where mm-hmm. it's like you need to have a base that they all come back to. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be one thing, and when you have them all in Neverland, there's not like a. There's not a, like a big obelisk we can all gather around and be like, this is the thing. But in Storybrooke, that's what it is. It's the clock tower. Like, you're like, this is the town. These are the scenes and the sets and stuff. So you introduce characters slowly and then all the storylines are not Game of Thrones teased out. Because that's what this episode, this last episode, I think, suffered from the most. Like, 16 different things were happening to culminate into, like, one sort of thing. But it also just culminated into two different things. <laughs> it's just a lot. Yeah. And when they don't have the time, they have the commercial breaks, they have 40 minutes. You can't do the Game of Thrones 15,000 stories in 40 minutes. In a satisfying way. And introducing, like... <laughs> one new character at a time like hey here's the wicked witch of the west and here's her backstory and here's how this plays into the story nicer than like we're taking you to a completely different set or we're taking you to these new characters who you know even if you only watch the commercials you know who these people are you know what they do and they never fluctuate above a five or a six on a scale Mm -hmm. of one to ten so i'd take the safe option Again, it was still hit or miss just like the pan stuff was, but I would rather be in Storybrooke with new characters than than in Storybrooke with familiar characters or not in Storybrooke with newer, eviler characters. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Beth? Are your thoughts a little bit more more cohesive on the subject or or are they mine? Um, I mean, based on where things are at, I'm I'm on the same page as you. I think I would pick the Zelina, but... In a perfect world, in my perfect world, 
I would put Pan and Storybrooke for longer. Like, yeah. I, I prefer something that challenges, something that is unexpected, and something that, you know, honors the root of Once Upon a Time, which is taking fairy tale characters and doing something interesting with them, taking Disney characters and challenging our views on them. That's who Snow White is. Snow White challenges our views of the classic Disney archetype based on a fairy tale. That's what they did with Peter Pan. It just went too far and they took it away from Storybrooke. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, th- we're, we're kind of at a point of no return. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Yeah. We're, we, Queens of Darkness author. There's some fun stuff in this ep- season. I'm actually very looking forward to it. Uh, but then we're going to get Dark Emma and Camelot. Then we're going to get the Underworld and Hades. And then we get the Dark Fairy, I think. And then some other stuff. And then we, and we all go Rumpel's to Seattle. Mother. Yay! And then we all go to Seattle. We're just like, we're on this ride. But we're like, we're like, we've kind of crossed a pre- pre- uh, precipice. Actually, I think we're, what, halfway through the series now? Yeah, I think so. You know just what? About. I, I can pinpoint it. I know exactly the moment that it all went to shit. Not to shit, but when it when it jumped the shark, it was yeah. the little broomstick that just went, look, a portal. And then we never talked about it again. Like <laughs> when you make things like that, that flippant, it, that's what like the portal's a big deal. Trying to find a portal, making a portal work. Why can't we just have this broomstick make portals constantly? It's never explained. We're never he was revealing. About it. He was revealing what was already there. There's just been a portal there the entire time. I, yeah, like, it's just like when you remove the stakes. We've talked about before, like, where it's just like you can't continue making a big bad guy and then continuing to make bigger bad guys. It's hard to do that without topping out at something ridiculous, especially, and we will talk about this as it goes forward, when you continuously center Rumple and never let it waver from that center point. His None of his growth ever sticks. Yeah. And that continues through this season and the next one's like, it's the same. Like, it's the, damn it. It's the tale as old as time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go. True as it can be. I'm mad. See, but that's actually what, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this half of the season is because we're getting back to the root of Rumple. Rumple is embracing his villainy and, you know, we're getting the old school Rumple, but then again, he's gonna get another redemption and another one, and then Belle's gonna die, and she's gonna live in an afterlife cottage, and then Rumple's gonna get to live with her in the afterlife cottage, and they're gonna be old with a kid who comes to visit, and they all go to heaven. I don't remember how the story either. ends, but I hate it. I remember I hated it. I just. I, I agree with people when they're like, this season is the part where, like, the tone shifts. The the way that mm-hmm. the stakes are different. They just get to do kind of whatever they want. And there's just a lot of hand-waving. It Stuff stops having yeah. explanations. And this is where we go, like... I, I'll say it now. I'm pretty sure we, we push the gas pedal on MacGuffins. Because I know when yeah. we started doing our podcast, like the podcast at Dark Swan, it was like MacGuffin of the Week. Yeah, this is when we get to, like, full camp. Yeah. Like, once upon a time. Well, welcome to camp, guys. Yeah, and We're, I feel like they don't notice summer. it. Like, I think that's what's the problem. If you're going to be camp, you got to know you're being camp. Yeah. But, like, being camp without realizing you're being camp is, like, the worst. It's cringe. Like, trying to be camp but not nailing it is better than being camp and not realizing it's happening. 
All right. Well, guys, that was a special bonus extra long episode of Once Upon a Timing. We want to thank all of our patrons, especially our Snow Queens. I'm going to put a poll on our Patreon this week uh, because I want to know, do you guys want to keep being called Snow Queens or do we want to now move to Swan Queen or something else? I want to leave it up to you guys because I know Snow Queen has kind of been our little inside joke because I said it wrong. Like way oh. back when. Oh. oh, those were the days. So I want to know do you guys want to stay uh, Snow Queens or do we want to graduate to Swan Queen? Or something or else. Another ship. We or some, just... yeah, some other ship or some other all kind of wrong ship name. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can pick another ship that like maybe it's like. Maybe it's um, David and and King Arthur, but like in, spelled wrong. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, I, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll, we'll, we can workshop it. My brain went to King Arthur and Hades. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know that King Arthur, doesn't he become like the mayor of the underworld? Oh, my God, he does. Oh, no. <laughs> the democratic ruler of the underworld. The, okay, and the 2022 anyways. is going to be a blast, guys. <laughs> So this week's Patreon shout out goes to Samantha Hussel. Thank you, Samantha, for supporting us. If you want to support us on Patreon and uh, decide if you what our name for your group is going to be called, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA. Sorry, patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Alderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode 13, Darkness on the Edge of Town. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.